Amen. Well, as we go through the word, we find ourselves today in uh, 1 John chapter 3. And uh, as we've been going through the word, as you're opening up your Bibles there, uh, we find ourselves talking on a very familiar topic. This is a topic that we've discussed in the past. And this topic that we're going to be talking about is loving the brethren. When we last spoke on this, when it was in chapter 2, you know, we were talking about our relationship with the brethren, how we were called to love them and not to hate them. And loving your brethren, we know, is the second greatest commandment. This is what the Lord said. This is exactly what He told us. He says to love others as you love yourself. And as we are instructed to do this, we know one thing, that it's not an easy thing for us to do it. You know what? It's not easy always to love those that, uh, that, that come against us, that betray us, that talk about us, that mock us within the family of God. And we know that this happens. And it's an unfortunate thing that these things happen. But one thing that we know is that we can love and we can overcome by the Spirit of God. And as we talk about this today, we know that loving the brethren is a matter of life and death. I want us to understand that. It determines our eternal state. Understand this. This is something that, is, that, that comes to us from John and comes to us from the Lord. And He wants to reveal this to us. And the title of today's message is, It's a Matter of Life and Death. And loving the brethren is key, as we've been talking about. It's key when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. If we have no love for the brethren, then we don't have God. And this is important for us to understand. You know, one thing that we know, according to Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it tells us that love has been poured out in our hearts by the Spirit of God. So if the Spirit of God truly dwells in us, then we know that love is within our hearts. And are we yielding to this love? And one thing that we know is that in ourselves, we can't love the brethren the way God designed us to love the family. It's just not in us. But we know that by the Spirit of God, He enables us to do this. He helps us to do this because it is now what is consumed within our hearts. It is now what flows within our hearts. You know, this love has been poured out within our hearts. And it has been poured out by God. And if we're not loving the brethren, then there's a serious problem. There's a serious problem within our hearts. And this is what John will talk to us about today. You know, do we have truly the Spirit of God living within us? Have we, been truly been, have we truly been born again? As we get into the subject, let's begin to read verse 10 of 1 John chapter 3. It says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. And we're going to stop there. One thing that John is letting us know, John is speaking to us now, and he's saying, you know what? That whether you are children of God, a children, whether you are children of God or children of the devil, it's going to be manifested in two ways. And what does manifested mean? Manifested means that it will be revealed, it will be shown. It will be shown to us whether we are children of God or children of the devil. 
And the first one that he gives, he gives us two things here. He says, you know what? You're going to show others whether you belong to God or the devil. And the first thing is, is by practicing or not practicing righteousness. You know, we're talking about a lifestyle here. I think it's important for us to all understand that if we practice sin, we don't belong to God. Understand this. Because, see, as you practice this as a lifestyle, you're in essence saying that, you know what? That I don't belong to Him. See, because God is filled, or God is righteousness. God is holy. And this is what He's called us to do. He's called, he's called us to live in this very manner. And if we decide to choose sin, then in essence, we're saying, you know what? We haven't chosen God. We don't belong to Him. You know what many of us have said? Simple prayers of faith. And yet we still practice sin. We still live in a lifestyle of sin. And this is what John is saying. He's saying, you know what? Understand one thing, that if you practice righteousness, you, will, you do belong to God. But if we don't practice righteousness, then we belong to the devil. And a simple prayer of faith isn't going to save you. It's important to understand that you got to back it up. You know what? If you truly have surrendered yourself to the Lord, then you're going to live for God. And you're going to want to live in righteousness and holiness. And I'm not talking about just getting tripped up or stumbling because many of us are going to fall, right? I mean, it's not that we wake up and say, you know what? I'm going to do this today. You know what? You trip and you fall and you, and you mess up and you say, man, why did I do it? But there's those that are planning their sins. Those that are, can't wait to do it, right? Can't wait to say, you know what? I can't wait to go out and to take this or to do drugs or to sleep with somebody and, and you know what? And to do all these things and yet you call yourself a child of God. It's contrary. And this is what John is reminding us. The second one that he says, and this is what we're going to spend the rest of today's message on, is about loving your brother. He is saying, you know what, if you do not love your brother, and what we're talking about here is a family of God. We're talking about believers. He is saying, you know what, if you don't love the family of God, your brothers and your sisters, then you don't belong to Him. You don't belong to God. And the same thing is here is, you know what, a simple prayer of faith doesn't change things. But one of us may be, or some of us may be thinking, come on, God, you know what? Just because I don't love this person that has annoyed me or has betrayed me or that just, you know what, has done something wrong to me in the Lord, that you know what, that I'm not going to go to heaven because I'm angry and I hate them? This is exactly right. This is exactly right. And this is pretty radical because many of us think, you know what, I could be angry at them. You know, I have the right to be angry at them, right? I have the right to be upset at them. I have the right to hate them because of how they treated me. And because they treated me this way, you know what? I have the right to feel this way. John is going to show us and going to tell us. And we know that he was inspired by God that every single word that we're reading is infallible. It is the inerrant word of God. It has been inspired. It is God spoken. And this is what he's telling us today. When it comes to the love, the love for the family of God, 
It is key. It is key for us. Because this is how others know that we belong to him. You know what? When people see us loving one another, helping one another, going out of your way for others, you know what? It ministers to people. They're like, man, look at the way they're united. You know, different nationalities, different groups of people, different colors, and yet they all work in unison. You know, this unity points to Christ. Let's keep reading in verse 11. Verse 11 goes on to say, For this is a message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. You know, the message that we heard from the beginning, what is John talking about? See, this message that he's talking about is the message of God. You know what? The message of God that originated from him from the very beginning, the message that he gave to, to believers, the message that he gave to children of God, it's about loving one another. You know what? It is so key for us to understand this. That You know what? God has, or Jesus has shown us and has also taught on this very subject. You know, as he talks about the second greatest commandment that we spoke on earlier, which was loving others as you love yourself. You know, we know one thing about God is that he knows that it's going to be hard for us to do it apart from him. And so that's why we have the Spirit of God as we read from Romans 5.5. 5, to remind us that, you know what, that I have given you my Spirit and he has poured out my love, his love, in your hearts. One thing we know is that many of us, many of us need to understand that the central theme of Christianity is love. And when we walk away from this place, it's key for us to remember this. The foundation of our relationship with God and others is based on one thing, and it is love. This is the key. This is the mark. This is what we are to be doing. And we must come to a place of loving other believers. One thing that we know is that all believers in Christ, all true believers in Christ, have one Father. And that Father that we have is God the Father. And the believers that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, we know one thing is that we all become brothers and sisters in the Lord. We all become a family. And we all are brothers and sisters in Him. And we know one thing about this is that God Himself tells us, love your family. Love your brothers and sisters. He tells us in John 13, 34 through 35, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my, my disciples, if you have love for one another. You know what? This was exemplified by Jesus Christ. This is what he showed us. This is what he displayed. This was his life. And he's saying, you know what? I have given this to you. I have shown this to you. And as we hear this from the Lord, John wants to give us two examples. He says, you know what? I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Because I want you to know, you know what, where hate originates? And I want you to know where love originates. And for us to really allow it to hit home, we love illustrations, don't we? We love examples. 
And the examples are always there to solidify the truth that is being spoken. And so John is going to give us two of these. And the first one that he gives us is in verse 12. Let's read that. It says, Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. You know, we have the example of Cain and Abel. And I think many of us know the story of Cain and Abel, right? These are the children of who? Of Adam and Eve, right? So we know that, you know what, we have Cain and Abel here. And, and John wants to give us this illustration. And for us to understand this, let's turn to Genesis 4. Let's read about their relationship. In Genesis 4, it tells us about the relationship between Adam and Eve, I mean, between Cain and Abel, and their relationship to God, and their relationship to one another. And we know that here in verse 1, it gives it to us. Let's begin to read. It says, verse 1, chapter 4, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. So we have the older brother, who's Cain, and we have the younger brother, who is Abel. And now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. You know what? One was a herdsman, one was a shepherd, and the other one was a farmer. And verse 3 goes on to say, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is, your, where is Abel, your brother? Cain responds, I do not know. Am I not my brother? Am I? Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. See, we're going to stop here. What we read here is about two brothers. And we know one thing about these two brothers is these two brothers knew God right? We know that they knew God and God had communication with both brothers. It's pretty easy to see here that God spoke to both Cain and Abel. So in other words, they had a relationship with God. They knew God. And we know one thing about this is that they also were given proper instruction on worshiping God. You know what? This is why Cain brought the fruit of the ground. And we also know that 
Abel was bringing the flock, the firstborn of his flock. So we know that, you know what, that they were given instruction. They were given instruction on proper worship. The problem was that one of them loved God and the other one didn't. See, one of them had hate and anger and murder in his heart. And the other one had love in his heart. And you may be wondering, well, where do I get this from? We see it here, right, that he murdered, and we see that he was angry because God preferred Abel's offering versus Cain's. And so Cain became angry, and Cain began to hate his brother, and Cain eventually murdered his brother. When we look at the devil himself, and we look at it from the scriptures, when we look at the devil himself, and we see it in the scriptures, in the Gospel of John, John does, uh, the Lord gives us a description of the devil. And I'm going to read it to you. It's from John 8, 44. He gives us insight on the core of the devil, on his foundation, on, on his sin. It says, you are of your father, the devil. And he was here talking to the Pharisees and, and those that didn't receive and believe in the Lord. And the desires of your father you want to do. And this is where he begins to describe Satan, the devil. He says, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and a father of it. Do you sort of see the similarities here? When we look at the life of Cain and the devil himself. We see one thing about, about the devil. We see that he was a murderer from the beginning. We see that Cain murdered. We also see that the devil was a liar. And we also saw that Cain was a liar. Do you remember when the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? And he says, I don't know. Am I his keeper? He had murdered him. He had put him in the ground. He knew where he was, but he was lying about it. See, I want you to understand one thing. Cain is an example of many who come to the church. See, there are many that claim to know God, to love God but yet their actions are very different. See, many come to church saying that, you know what, I love God, and they're here worshiping God, and, and they're giving God's offering, their tithes and offerings, right? But yet they hold anger towards other believers. Yet they hold hatred towards the family of God. How can they call themselves a believer if they hold this within their hearts? See, what happens here is that people think that, you know what, that I could hate them because they deserve it, because they harmed me. I could be angry at them because they did things against me. And you know what, and I could harbor that, and I could hold that, and I could be bitter. And, even, and you know what, and the grace of God covers me. 
while the grace of God covers you, but not if you practice sin. Not if this is what you continue to do. If this is what you're harboring and, and holding on to, then it's, it's contrary to the gospel. See, many of us can do the right things in coming to church and giving our tithes and offerings, but this isn't proof that you are a child of God. The proof that you are a child of God comes when you have love for the brethren, when you have love for the brothers and sisters in the Lord. See, this comes when you love those that, you know what, that even offended you, other brothers in the Lord. This comes when you love those that have issues with you. You know what? When you begin to become angry or upset at somebody when maybe they've been raised up or maybe they've received more responsibility and you worked alongside them in the ministry, you know what? We can't harbor this anger. You know, we look at the fact that maybe one of your brothers in the Lord betrayed you. We can't harbor anger. You cannot harbor hatred. This happens many times when it comes to leadership. What about leadership that corrects you? If you're harboring anger, if you're harboring hatred towards the leaders that corrected you, this is what we're talking about here. We cannot do this. We are allowing the devil to get the best of us. And the only way to show that we belong to God is to love them no matter what. We know that Cain's attitude and action, it originated from the devil. He was a murderer. He was a liar as we read. And it's important for us not to follow in these same footsteps. We know that murder and lying and you know, this all originates from the devil, but as we go to back to 1 John, John is going to reveal something more to us. He's going to reveal another example. And we've been talking about it. And it's in verse 13. He says there, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. You know, we have it again. You know, we have the fact that, that John is speaking about those that belong to God and those that abide in him. You know, the second example also points to the devil. You know, as I was talking about murder, some of you may be thinking to yourself, you know what? I haven't murdered anybody, and I know murder is a, is a big sin, and, and murder, of course I understand that if somebody murders someone else, that they're not going to go to heaven. But did you know that the Word of God equates hatred, anger, as murder? I want you to understand one thing. 
that if we have hatred, anger towards another, it's as if you are, as if you have committed murder. You know, John tells us this. He says, he who does, I'm sorry, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. He's saying this. This is the word of God. The word of God is telling him, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. You're committing murder. You're committing that capital offense, right? This is the word of God. If you love other brothers in the Lord, other believers, you are committing murder. You may be thinking to yourself, well, you know what? This is only John that's saying it, right? This isn't the Lord that's saying it. Well, for us that believe that the word of God is a spoken words, the words that have been birthed by God, that have been breathed to us, we believe this to be true, but just to verify and validate this for you, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. It says there, But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. You know, the Lord is telling us the same thing. The judgment is death. Understand this. And Jesus brings it to a whole different standard, right? He brings it to a whole new level. What he's saying is that, you know what? It's just not about committing the actual act of murder, of killing somebody. He's actually saying that if you are angry with them, you will face judgment. I mean, this is pretty radical when it comes to teaching, isn't it? I mean, who else will tell us, you know what? That if you're angry with somebody, you've committed murder. That's why we know that, you know what, the word of God, it couldn't be written by man because no man would ever bring this to us, would he? A man would tell us, you know what, it's okay to be upset with them. It's okay to be angry at them. But not God. Because God has higher standards. And God knows when you have hatred, when you have anger, what it is. See, when it comes to anger and hatred, or I should say when it comes to murder, the core of murder is hatred, isn't it? See, the core of murder is, is hatred because, see, you hate somebody so much that you want to kill them. You become angry at them and, and you've grown, you've allowed that to grow, grow into hatred that, that you know what, that you want to get rid of them. And this is what you do. See, anger and hatred to the Lord is, is a sin. And he doesn't want us to do that. He says, you know what, you can be angry, you can have a righteous anger, but he doesn't want you to sin. You know what, when you begin to bring hate into your heart, when you begin to bring bitterness and when you want vengeance and, and you want to get back at somebody, that's the type of anger that we're talking about here. God is saying, let that not be in you. The difference between hatred or anger and a murder is the fact that 
The murderer just carried it out. But the anger still, the, the one that was angry still holds it in his heart and they're both the same. Let's talk about an important point here. Because many of us may be walking out of this place or thinking to yourself right now, saying, you know what? So because I'm angry at somebody, as 1 John said, does this mean that I'm not going to go to heaven? I want you to know one thing. That if you are angry with another believer, when you fall short, the best thing to do is to repent. See, this is why John told us in 1 John chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess your sin, that He will forgive you of it and that He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Let me share this with you. And this will point it to the degree of carrying out this. Do you remember David with Bathsheba? What did David do with Bathsheba's husband? Uriah. Do you remember what he did with Uriah? He murdered Uriah, right? He caused the death of this man. What happened to David after he realized the issues that were in his heart? He confessed it, right? And he still made it to heaven, right? He's still in heaven. We know that. The same is for us. You know, when it comes to a point of us having anger and hatred towards someone else, God wants us to repent of it. And if you're truly repentant of it, then you're going to change direction, right? You acknowledge the fact that you sin, but now you're not going to walk in those ways. You're going to change that direction, and you're not going to go there anymore. One thing we know that God wants us to do is He doesn't want anger and hatred and bitterness to fill your hearts. This originates from the devil. We saw that he was a murderer. We know that he was called the murderer from the beginning, that he was a liar and the father of it. He doesn't want you to be following in his footsteps. He says, you're children of God, and children of God are not going to behave in this manner. You're not going to be hating your brothers. You're not going to be angry at your brothers. Do you want to know how... Someone feels when they're in sin. As a believer, understand one thing. As a believer, the damage is greater to you than it is to the other person. When you have anger and hatred towards somebody else, do you know who is worse off than the other person? It's you. Have you ever thought about that? I think sometimes we're deceived and we're like, yeah, you enjoy becoming angry and upset at somebody else. But yet the one that's receiving the damage is you. And we don't even realize it because the devil has lied to us, pushing you and making you think that, you know what, it's okay to do these things. I want to give you an example of somebody that is walking in sin. Let's turn to Psalm 32. In Psalm 32 and... Many of you may be familiar with this psalm, but it is David's psalm. And this is what he felt when he was in sin, when he had unconfessed sin. And then he also gives us, of course, the illustration when he has confessed sin. And this is what we begin with here in verse 1. He says, Blessed 
is He. There is a joy, a favor of God. There is so much that we have in the Lord when our transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. He says, Blessed is a man to whom the Lord does not impute inequity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. And then David brings us to the point of when he had unconfessed sin. He says, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my inequity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the inequity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You know, as, as we see this here, we see how a man is when he has sin dwelling in his heart. You know, as he says that, you know what, when I kept silent, my bones grew old. Have you ever thought of this? Have you ever been in a situation where you have unconfessed sin? I know I was there. And you know what? And, and you know what? Things just don't feel right. You know what? Things aren't just, you know what? Your bones, they just feel like, you know what? Your body, everything about you is just not in a, in a good position. You know, you're groaning all day because within you, you know things are wrong. And you're just like, man, I don't like the situation that I'm in. I don't like where I'm at. And maybe some may be ignorant to the fact that it is unconfessed sin and you may be in this state right now. Maybe because you are holding anger and bitterness with someone else. And you say, you know what, when I'm out there, you know what? It's like having a drought of summer. There's nothing to refresh you. Because maybe you're walking in this anger or bitterness. Maybe you're walking in hatred towards another believer. And something within your spirit is telling you things aren't right. And that's exactly what's going on. See, you and I cannot be in a place of hating other brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're one family. God wants us to be loving one another. He says, this is what shows others that you belong to me. You know, we can't be divisive. We can't be angry. We can't be po pointing fingers at others. We can't be talking about them. We know that as David confessed his sin, he said, blessed is that man whose transgressions are forgiven. You know, as we've been talking about hatred, you know, one thing that John talks about is he mentions here the hatred of the world. We got to talk about this because whatever's in the gospel, we want to talk about, right? We don't want to leave anything unspoken. You know, I love the word of God because it, it is so true and it, it just speaks the things that are true. And, and this is why we go over it to talk about it, right? And to all oh, that we can acknowledge it and we can agree with it and, and we can understand it. I'm going to read to you from John 15, 18 through 19. It says there, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. 
If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You know, when we think about this, right? Why is it that the world hates us? You know, why is it that, you know, uh, why we can't openly go into the high schools and preach the gospel? Why is it that we have to get permission? Why is it that we have to, you know what, go through the proper channels to preach the truth and the love of God? There's opposition in this world. Why is it that in our government that they don't want you talking about God? Why is it in our public places that they're forbidding us to talk about God? Understand one thing, that when it comes to the message of Christ, it's a message of grace and love. But it's also a message that tells you to turn from your sins. See, when we go out there and preach the truth of God, it convicts people. It reveals to them that, you know what, that they're walking in sin and the world doesn't want to hear this, do they? That's why there's opposition. See, Jesus said that I go out and I expose your sins. That's why the Pharisees hated him. That's why the people that, that saw God and heard him speak, that there were many that hated him because he was exposing their sins. And the world hates this. Why does the world hate this? Because they want to walk in sin, don't they? They want to keep practicing these things because it makes them feel good. It satisfies their flesh. But little do they know they are destroying their soul. They are going straight into the pits of hell. But God has a different message. God's message is, you know what? Come to me and you will be saved. Place your faith in me. You know, when we think about who's behind the world, right? Who's the prince of the air? Who's the prince of this world? Who's the little G-God of this world today? It is Satan, right? The Bible talks about this. It tells us that this is who he is. He's running. He's pulling the strings right now when it comes to the direction of the world. Even though God is sovereign over everything, I want you to understand that, that God is over all and he's allowed him to have his day right now. But there's going to be a day when he says, no more, no mas. That's it. And this is when we will live and reign with God throughout eternity. But until then, understand this, that hatred, it originates from Satan. And he's pushing the world to hate us. You know, when it comes to us, how many of you hated believers before you came to know the Lord? Okay, I think there was many of us, right? Some of you don't want to raise your hand. But I know you did. I know I did. I would make fun of them. I would be like, man, why does this guy keep coming? I don't want to hear it. Why does he keep passing out flyers and putting them in my mailbox? And then I'd go to my wife and I'd say, look at it. He gave it to us again. Why won't he stop? And we'd make fun of him. You know, one thing that we know is that God changes us. Those that we once hate, we are now called to love. Do you remember the Apostle Paul? Remember the Apostle Paul? What did Paul do, right? He was breathing death. To all Christians, wasn't he? 
He was saying, you know what, we want them out of this earth. We want them killed. We want them just to be gone. Anybody that follows Christ, we want them killed. What transforms a man's heart to now give his life for the brethren? Only Jesus Christ can do that. Only the Spirit of God can do that. And this is what happened to Paul, right? And this is what happens to us. You know, as we see there, he says, you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. It's important for us to understand that if we have this hatred and anger, which is like murder, you don't have eternal life abiding in you. This is why this is such a radical message, especially for Christians that are harboring this, to accept this. And this is why this message was titled, It's a Matter of Life and Death. We cannot walk in this. We cannot walk in this manner. We got to confess it. We got to come to a point of just saying, you know what, I'm sorry, Lord. I don't want to hold anger. I don't want to hold bitterness. I don't want to be upset. I don't want to be that which I was. I want to talk about, as we have a few minutes left, about the example of those that follow the Lord. What are they to do? Let's read this in verse 16. It says there, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. What does the devil like to do? The devil loves to take life, right? He loves to murder. That's what's the core. That's in his heart. What is it that the believer wants to do? The believer gives his life. The believer doesn't take life. And as we see here and we read is the fact that Jesus was this example for us, wasn't he? He says, you know what? I was willing to sacrifice my life for all of you. The devil wants to take life, but I want to give it. And this is my core. This is what's in me. The core is love. Love is willing to give his life for another. As the gospel tells us, there is no greater love than for a man to shed his life, to give his life for another. And this is what the gospel is telling us. One thing about the Lord is he will never ask you to do something that he has never done. Be assured of that. God says, I gave my life. What I want you to do is also to sacrifice it for others. Sacrifice your love for the brethren. You know, we're willing to do this for our blood family, but we are also to do it for our spiritual family. Our spiritual family is the ones that we're going to spend eternity with. We are to do this just as Jesus did. Are many of you familiar with Jim Elliott? Give me a show of hands. You guys know Jim Elliott, right? Show of hands, a few of you. Jim Elliott was a missionary. And Jim Elliott went to the Amazon jungle. He went with a few, uh, a few other missionaries. 
And what they did is they knew of this indigenous people, this tribe that was there. And they had heard that others had gone to share the gospel. And they wanted, they, I'm sorry, they heard of these people and they said, you know what? God has placed it in our hearts to go out and to do the same, to go out and to share the truth, to go out and to share the love of God, to give them the gospel. And one of the things that they agreed to is that, you know what? If they attack us, if they want to murder us, because they covered all of this, right? They had to understand that these people were violent people. These people were killers and and you know what? And they had displayed this in the past by killing any that came in contact that weren't a part of their family. And one of the things that they said is that, you know what? If they decide to attack and to kill us, we will not retaliate. They said, better is us to die that know the truth and are going to heaven than for those that will perish because they don't know the truth. This was the heart of these missionaries. If you want to see a true depiction of this, you can read the end of the spear. That's what this movie's about. It's about Jamalian. It's an, uh, and the other missionaries. And, and you know what happened after this? This is what's radical. This is what knows and points to the fact that we are true believers. Do you know what ends up happening after they murder these missionaries? Do you know who goes back to share the gospel? Their spouses and the children. And these people are like, what's up with them? There's something different about these people. They're like no ordinary people. They're not like, us, what would we do? We would retaliate. We would hate. We would have anger. But they had the love of God that filled their hearts, that was poured in their hearts, and that they were able to love these murderers that killed their family because they allowed the love of God to move in and through them. This is the sacrificial love that God is talking about. This is the same sacrificial love that the apostles had, right? Isn't this what they did? They gave their life? Disciples of Jesus Christ, we can name, we can name missionaries, we can name martyrs. And they all did it because they had the love of God. They were willing to sacrifice their lives for others. Understand this, that Christian love is a sacrifice. And it is a sacrifice just as God's love, just as he sacrificed for us. Is God asking all of us to die for others? It should be in the mindset. It should be here and here. If we are called into situations of doing this, we should have that same mindset. This is radical teaching, but it is the truth of God. If you are placed in a situation where you need to give up your life, God is saying, do it for me, just as I did it for you. You know, as we go into Mexico, I know there's places that we go into that aren't the best of places. But when we go, you know what? We just go not knowing what's going to uh, lie before us. But we go there because why? 
We are sacrificing ourselves to take the truth of the gospel to the people in Mexico. Not only are we called to sacrifice, but let me read to you from verse 17. He tells us, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? I want you to know one thing. That when you have brothers in Christ that are in need, and you have the ability to help, you are called to do this. You are not just called to say, you know what? You need stuff, and, or you need help, and you know what? I'm just going to pray for you. When you have the means to help, when you have an able body to go out and to help them, if all we say to ourselves, you know what, let's pray, brother. And you do nothing about it. This is what John is talking about. This is what the Lord is talking about. When you know that people have a need and you're able to help, this is the love of God. This is what points us as children of God to help people. People that need to come to church, if you know that they need to come and they need a ride, why aren't we bringing them? When you know that people have, need clothes or people need a coat or people need a blanket because they're cold or maybe their furnace isn't working and you know how to do it, how to fix it. This is what God is asking us to do. You know, there are many things that people need. It's just not always about money. And if you have the money to give, then you give. Or if you have the food, the extra food to give, then you give. I want to read to you from Galatians 6.10. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. But then Paul says something. He tells us here something that's important for us. He says, especially to those who are of the household of faith. He's talking about believers. He's talking about helping those that need help. He's talking about Christian service. He once mentioned Christian sacrifice. Now he's talking about Christian service. Are you walking in the newness of life that you have? Cooking a meal, helping somebody with their car. Being there for somebody, spending long hours with them, helping them out, praying for them, being with them, consoling them, comforting them, helping them. Understand one thing. All of this, it points to who you are. The foundation of our Christian life is love. Is there love within you? You know, we talked about the opposite. We talked about what Satan does. He doesn't do any of the things that I've been talking about that the Lord does. And I wanted to finish the rest of the chapter, but I'm not going to have time. You know what? I have to. Let me give you one final verse. And it'll summarize it with this. 
In verse 18, it says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, when it comes to us as Christians, we are to put love into action. See, deed is the opposite of tongue. Deed is doing it, right? Tongue is talking about it. You know, as we, as he says here, he says, to love in truth, he tells us the truth of his word. Doing the truth, not just saying it, but doing it. See, people know us by our actions. And if you want to minister to people, if you want to bring people to Christ, then we are to love indeed and in truth. And let's finish here. Okay? Verse 19 says, And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards him. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. One of the things that we know is that there are many things that we do. And when we do these things, there's an assurance in our heart when we're walking in Christian love. When you walk in Christian love, there's an assurance in you that, you know what, that you're doing what God has called you to do. That you're living up as a child of God, being worthy to walk in that manner. There's those times when you think to yourself, you know what, I'm not doing it. And these are the times to go out and confess. But even when you've confessed it and then you begin to do the right thing, there's still those times when your heart is telling your head that, or your heart and telling you that, you know what, that you're still wrong, that you're still condemned, that you're still not walking where you should be walking. Well, this is what John says. John says, God knows. God knows when you truly repent it, when you're walking right with him, even though your heart may condemn you. And I'll give you an illustration of this. Do you remember Peter? Peter, when he denied the Lord three times, not just once, not twice, but three times. How did he feel after that? He felt horrible. Even after he wept, even after he wept bitterly, he still felt bad after that. So bad that the Lord had to send a special message to Peter to tell him, guess what, Peter? I forgave you. And even with that, do you remember when Peter saw the Lord there at the seashore? And what did Peter do when he saw him there? He jumped out of his boat and he swam to the Lord. And the Lord comforted him. This is what the Lord does with us. Don't let the devil have a heyday with you. After you've confessed, after you've come to a place of changing your ways, you're forgiven. And this is what the Lord is telling us. And this is the final point that I want you to know. It says there that whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandment and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Understand one thing. Psalm 66, 18 says that if I regard inequity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
if you are wrong, if you are in anger, if you are hating brothers, the Lord isn't hearing your prayers. Understand that. We need to come to a point of realizing the truth of the gospel. The truth is, if you're holding this within your heart, if you're holding sin, God isn't listening to your prayers. But if you're doing what He's asking you to do, to love the brethren, then know, know one thing. That if you're praying according to God's will, because we will, if we're aligned right with God, we are praying in His will, aren't we? That God will hear your prayers and He will answer them. Maybe some of your prayers haven't been answered. And to you, they're prayers that are according to God's will or, or you know that you know what, that God would want you to do this, but God isn't opening doors yet. Could it be because you have hatred or anger towards a brother in the Lord? Ponder that, think about that, meditate on that. And we're going to give you the opportunity to confess it and make it right with God. With that, we will close. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for speaking this truth to us. Thank you for revealing the truth of the gospel. Thank you for reminding us of this, of these higher standards that you have for us. Thank you for revealing your truth so that we're not deceived by the devil into thinking that we can hate, that we can be angry with brothers in the Lord. It doesn't matter if they wronged us or not. You're calling us to love, to put it into action to be sacrificial and in service lord lord we don't want to hate we don't want to murder and many of us call ourselves believers and we're doing these things lord forgive us forgive us of our ignorance forgive us of these lies if there is anyone here and that wants to make things right with the Lord. Maybe you have been holding bitterness. Maybe you have been holding anger and hatred towards another believer. God wants you to confess it. God wants you to come to a place of making things right. If there's anyone here that is holding inequity, sin within your heart, it's a time to make things right. If this is you, raise your hand and we will pray for you. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Anyone else? Amen. Holding anger, bitterness, hatred towards others. It's a time to confess. We don't belong to Satan. Don't let him have his way with you. We belong to God. And we need to make things right. Confess your sin before the Lord. And he will forgive you. Anyone else before we close? Amen. 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 Lord, you saw these hands that went up. Lord, you spoke to us today. You spoke to us on love. And you told us where hate comes from. Lord, I thank you for your truth. And I thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you would give us your truth in order to set us free. We want to give you praise, glory, and honor for this, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.